Kia ora, everyone. Can everyone see me okay? No. No. <laughs> I can see you. Yeah, but you're right in front of me. So. Alright, alright. How about how about now? How are we doing? Great. Jesse's doing great. Um, I am also doing great, and I hope you all are too. Um, it's lovely to see you all. Um, my name's Etienne, for those of you who don't know me, and I am here to talk about a topic, and that topic is um, evangelism. That was a far more positive reaction than I was expecting. It's going to go great. Um, and I say that because um, back when I was... I was a young lad. I, um, I was a little bit scared of the concept of evangelism, personally, in terms of like how it was described at youth group. I didn't even want to like invite my friends to youth group or anything like that, um, let alone like say I was a Christian or like it was all just a little bit awkward and I don't know, I didn't really want to stick out. Um, and so I'm what you might call um, a reluctant evangelist. Um, as I came to make my home here in this community and I started like meeting some people who really owned um, what it meant to you know evangelize or whatever um, it just kind of like started coming to me like um, people praying for me um, during worship time people can get prayed for by the cross and um, sometimes they might like share messages that might be from God and one that kept coming back for me was, you are an evangelist. Um, and I hated it. Um, just like anything else, Lord. Not that. Um, but God kept working on me. And as I grew to understand a bit more about what it is, um, I, I'm a lot more comfortable with it now and actually uh, enjoy it. And this is all you know, sounding quite conceptual because I'm talking about something that I haven't described what it is. But my hope for you guys is that tonight we can go on a similar journey um, towards knowing a little bit more about um, what Jesus means when he says, go out and preach the good news to all nations. The other thing that I need to reference is our journey as a community. Um, some of you might remember a few years ago, it might have been last year, years are a long time, um, <laughs> we, we had a series where we talked about idols and um, Idols are these things that we put between us and God. And we found that as a community, one idol that we put between us and God is this kind of sense of superiority over um, other churches that um, have practices that look a bit different to ours. Um, and a lot of those are around um, types of evangelism. There might have been forms of evangelism that we've seen that we personally might have um, found a bit awkward or uncomfortable, but then we kind of like went the next step and used that um, to kind of like look down on those other churches. And we decided as a church that we don't want to do that anymore. And we're happy to kind of let God move in the way God wants to move in different communities, even if that looks different to what it looks like here. Um, so with all that in mind, um, I would really like my prayer for you guys is um, to have a really open heart um, when it comes to what we're talking about tonight. Um, and I say we will be talking about it because at points during um, this talk, there'll be chances um, to talk to the people next to you about 
um, what's going on for you, what's, um, you know, I might put forward some questions, you might have a chance to answer them, uh, but also know that if um, sharing with a random stranger next to you is not your cup of tea, then feel free to indicate that to the person next to you and uh, ruminate in your mind instead. That's also a, a very acceptable option. Um, and looking at you people on the recording, if you're listening in, um, you better pause and have a think for a few minutes after each point because otherwise you're just not getting the same deal as these guys. <laughs> so, all this to say, evangelism. Let's look at the Bible. So we've been speaking for the last few weeks um, about um, this thing called the Holy Spirit. This is like God's Spirit. Um, and one thing that the Holy Spirit does is give us gifts, things that are not of us, that God has given to us um, for specific purposes. And the gifts that we're talking about come from this passage in Ephesians 4, um, which says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do God's work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So there are these five different types of gifts. We've been talking about apostles and prophets in the previous two, and this week we're focusing on evangelists. Um, but what's really important is that we're all called to all of these five. So even if um, you were like me when I was um, a kid and didn't really like the concept of evangelism, bad news, it's for you. Uh, uh, as my friend uh, Zoe Glentworth said last week when I was talking to her, even if um, you have the gift of, what was it, French fry eating, doesn't mean you can't eat sushi too. <laughs> yeah, now I'm hungry. Um, so, yeah. Evidently, there are specific people that God calls um, primarily to be evangelists, but we're also all called to evangelism. So, evangelists preach the good news. If you're only going to take away five words, it's probably those five. And it's, like, it's important that we realize this. Um, like, evangelism, weird term, comes from a Greek word, euangelion. Uh, U means good, and um, angelion means I bring a message. So exactly what it says on the tin, um, bringing a good message. But then how do we do that? Well, got three points for you. I know you guys like three points. Um, I don't think we have time for ten, Donna. <laughs> Okay, so how we preach the good news, we need to know the good news for ourselves first before we have anything to share. Um, and I want to illustrate this point with a few Bible stories. Um, first, there's that guy that Scotty talked about a couple of weeks ago, the Apostle Paul. Um, and but if you heard Scotty's sermon, you'll know Paul was um, a pretty great guy. He was a mover and shaker. Um, and he went around preaching an awful lot of good news. Um, but what um, we didn't talk about was how Paul wasn't always this way. He was um, this guy that actually started off killing Christians, um, just um, 
No, not just for fun. Um, because <laughs> he thought this was the way to um, uphold the Jewish doctrines. And, you know, fair enough. Uh, but then... <laughs> fair enough if you were raised in his specific cultural context, people. <laughs> so one day um, he is travelling to Damascus... Um, to kill some Christians. But then he's stopped by um, a blinding light and a voice speaks out of the light and says, um, Saul, because his name was Saul before it was Paul, but I didn't explain that. Um, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my church? And Paul realizes that um, he had it wrong all along. Um, And then he figured out the good news. The good news for him was that even though he had been completely on the wrong track and even to the point of like killing people from another religion, um, here was a God who was like wanting to give him another shot and quite a good another shot at that. Um, So the Paul who realizes that um, God calls him to a completely different way of living um, and overlooked everything that he did in his past as Jess said, um, was able to preach good news such as, though I am the least of all the saints and apostles, um, because previously I killed Christians, God graciously gave me the privilege of taking um, the treasures that God has to preach that to the world. Um, and Paul could only preach that because of what he'd experienced and from the good news that he discovered for himself. Um, another one, the Apostle Peter um, had a little bit of an up and down time when um, he was following Jesus while Jesus was still alive. So Peter, quite a turbulent character, um, he half the time would say things like, "Ah, oh, Jesus, you are God, you are the Lord, and um, I will give up everything to follow you. Absolutely nothing could stop me. Um, the other half of the time, Peter said, Jesus, you are not God and you are not the Lord and I will do absolutely everything to um, get away from you. And um, like pretty inconsistent guy. <laughs> However, um, when Jesus was resurrected and was talking to Peter about all this, Jesus said, Nah, um, I'm giving you another shot as well. And so the Peter who messed up an awful lot um, was the same Peter who then at Pentecost could preach, let everyone know that God has made this Jesus to be Lord. Um, Or Mary Magdalene, um, for her, when Jesus died... That was kind of the end of her world. There was this dear friend that she'd been traveling with for such a long time um, who was then executed and killed, um, which wouldn't have been fun for her. And, like, that was just the end, really. (coughs) Except it wasn't. um, Because Mary, in the garden by Jesus' tomb, was actually the first to discover that Jesus was alive. Um... Jesus spoke to her and said, Mary. And she said, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said,
go and tell everyone else what you've seen. And so Mary discovered the good news that Jesus was alive for herself and then was able to tell that to all the other disciples. Um, and I guess, like, hmm, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that these people were only able to share something that they'd already experienced for themselves. And I guess, like, when I was a kid in youth group, I didn't really have an experience of what the good news was for myself. There wasn't something that I'd experienced that I thought was good enough to share. Um, because, I mean, put it this way, like, if you won Lotto, you would probably tell everyone you knew about it. No. Actually, maybe not. They'll probably start coming for you and ask for money. Um, but uh, uh, something else good, like, say, the story of healing that Lysandra shared tonight. Um, that's a story of really good news. And so, of course, Lysandra wanted to share that with her community. And, I mean, there are different um, things that can be good news in our lives. Um, so, for some of us, it will be, like, testimonies of God being faithful to us, like um, Lysandra with her healing, um, or, like, Jess with um, the testimony of what God shared to her that then, you know, she was able to tell to other people. Um, and, like, testimony that is based on experience is kind of a really good thing. You can't really argue with experience, um, and it is yours. Um, but also, sometimes testimony alone isn't quite enough. Um, there should also, hopefully, be parts of the Jesus story that really, like hit home with each person like for me the first time that I felt like I had some good news that was worth sharing um, was after I went on a silent retreat um, and that might seem a little bit roundabout but basically um, I've always been a person who's like worked hard and played hard and it, it hasn't really worked um, just like constantly running from thing to thing at the silent retreat I discovered that it was okay just to be um, and to rest and to not be in control and actually that Jesus himself um, like took a lot of time off he went off into the mountains and prayed and like if Jesus can do it then so can I um, and then when I came back from that silent retreat I wanted to tell everyone like every time I saw someone like staying up late working or like not taking breaks. I, I finally had some good news to share with like the workaholic culture that I was in. That's enough of me talking for now. How about you turn to the person next to you or like think in your own mind, but like, what is the good news for you? Like, do you have um, a specific testimony of like some experiences that you've had with Jesus? Is there a specific part of like the Bible story that stands out to you that might actually be good enough news to share. Um, take a couple minutes to talk to the person next to you and then we'll come back. We might move on to the next point, but yeah, the takeaway from this one is definitely we need to know the good news for ourselves first before we have anything to share with anyone else. Second, we need to know the time and the place that we're in um, in order to be able to translate the good news in a way that people understand. Um, and so um, 
I start with my main man, Stephen, after whom I am named. Um, he was a guy in the book of Acts um, who found himself uh, before the, um, the whole like Jewish court system. Um, so imagine like being in front of the Supreme Court, which is the highest court in our system, um, except they're not just judges, they're also like priest judges. So it's like double scary. Um, and this guy's like, Stephen's on trial. Um, and if he like says the right things, then he'll be um, allowed to walk free. Um, but instead, for some reason, God prompts him to preach the good news. But Stephen does it in a way that um, really hits home for the time and the place that he's at. So um, if you were um, a Jewish person in those days, um, you were like, you really knew the story of your people well. You knew all about how God had taken the Israelites from slavery, um, established the kingdom of Israel. Um, they were just all real history buffs um, back then. And so when Stephen was preaching the gospel, um, he starts there. He's like, all right, let's go back to the beginning. Um, and he talked about Egypt and Abraham and Israel. And then he gets um, to his turning point where he's like, and actually all of that was fulfilled in Jesus. All of the history that you guys know and love so dearly is just the entree. Jesus is the main thing. Um, so an example of a guy who knew his audience really well and started where they were at. Then there's um, my mate Peter again. Um, I'm actually going to be nice to him this time. Peter was speaking to a group of people called the Gentiles. Um, most of us are Gentiles, um, if you didn't know that. Like, for um, the Jewish people of Israel, there were them, the Jews, and the Gentiles, absolutely everyone else. Um, and the Jewish religion was quite an exclusive one um, where you were either with us or you were a Gentile. Um, and Jesus came into this context. Jesus was a Jew and like grew up like a Jewish person um, and then was kind of like, there was a big question after that as to, great, Jesus has come. Do we just keep this little party going only in Israel? Um, and God came to Peter in a dream and said, no. And so Peter went and um, was led to this group of Gentiles who, remember, had always traditionally been excluded. Um, and the good news that um, Peter preaches to them is, this is Acts 10.34, Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Um, and so Peter, rather deliberately, frames the good news um, in light of the, the previous message of exclusion that the Gentiles were experiencing and um, preaches a radical message of inclusion to them, showing them that there was room at the table for them. And I think of this in my own life. One of the contexts that... I'm in is the law school of Te Hiringa Waka, um, Victoria University of Wellington. And that's a context where there's just, 
there's not very much hope. It's like hyper competitive. People um, are like struggling um, to survive often, like in terms of like not very good mental health and um, it's yeah. And you can feel it. Like when you walk into the common room, you can just like feel your shoulders sag under all of those burdens. And like for the longest time, I like didn't know if there was any good news for law school. Um, but then as I said, like learning about the Jesus who would say, come to me all you who are weary and I will give you rest. Um, and also like the Jesus um, who overcomes shame. Um, shame is a big thing in law school. People like feeling shame about their grades um, and about their appearance and things like that. When I realized that, I then realized that suddenly I had something that was good news for the people um, who I live with and um, study with. And that's like really changed the way that, I don't know, I just talk to people, I guess. Um, and so back to you guys, um, chatting in your groups or thinking in your heads. What do you think um, are the context, the times and places um, that you operate in? You know, what's your law school? What's, where are the places you go each day where you know the people who are there? Um, but also, what are the contexts of um, the wider culture that we live in? You know, if for the Jews it was history and for the Gentiles it was an exclusionary culture. What's what's big for all of our society, for a lot of our society at the moment? So I'll give you a couple of minutes, and by that I mean probably more than a couple of minutes to talk about that. A couple of other wider cultural ones that I wanted to speak to, definitely in the moment that we're in, we're in a climate of fear. Um, there's, you know, a worldwide pandemic going on um, and lots of uncertainty. And so potentially good news that the world needs to hear in this context is, um, you know, Jesus saying to the wind and the waves, peace be still. Um, Rose preached um, a really great sermon um, a while back, maybe over summer? It was over summer, yes. Um, and it was about, um, you know, being, uh, I don't want to use the word non-anxious presence um, because it comes from the liturgist. No, um, this cultural moment, yeah. But like being a non-anxious presence um, in a time where everyone is very anxious, like that's a wider cultural thing that we've got to consider. Another one is um, that we live in quite a climate of ungrace. Um, at the moment, potentially, like, this one's very sensitive, but um, I guess, like, I speak the words that Scotty has spoken, that Jesus is good news for both the persecuted and the persecutor, um, and what does it look like um, for us to show the grace of Jesus um, to people who have fallen from grace in society? Um, I'll, I'll leave you guys with that one. I, I don't really know um, and it's a hard one to think about but I do think that Jesus Christ is good news for the persecutors um, and for those who are oppressing others as well and in this day and age we really need to wrestle with what that might look like. Um, the other thing that I really want to um, talk about is um, in translating the good news to our local context in this land 
you can't really talk about the gospel, I believe, without talking about um, our journey with Te Tiriti o Waitangi, the Treaty of Waitangi, without talking about Te Ao Māori, the promises of the treaty which remain unfulfilled, and the role that our church, um, Te Hahi Mihinare, the Anglican Church, has played in both colonisation and um, more recently, hopefully, in decolonisation as well. Um, I think we won't have good news to preach to Aotearoa in New Zealand until we all get on board with the history um, and with the reo and um, through intentionally building relationship and working towards reconciliation. Um, so that's us for needing to know the time and place we're in so that we can translate the good news in a way that people understand. Um, the final point that I want to talk about is that in um, preaching the good news, all we really need to do is point others to Jesus or invite them into Jesus' love. And I guess what I'm, um, I really want to clarify is um, for a lot of us, like the term evangelism conjures up very specific images and it doesn't really matter what those images are. Um, but the common thread between them is something like the person doing evangelism in the picture of my head doesn't look like me and I could never do what they are doing. And the good news for you guys is that evangelism doesn't look like any specific thing. Um, John 1 gives us some really good pointers um, as to the kind of broader vibe of evangelism. Um, first, in the words of John the Baptist, who is um, preaching to his followers, um, and then suddenly Jesus shows up, and John the Baptist says, look over there, there is the Lamb of God, follow him. So evangelism, according to this, looks like anything that points towards Jesus, that makes other people's heads turn to look at Jesus. The other example from John 1 that I want to share is um, the disciples Philip and Nathaniel. Um, Philip's seen Jesus, maybe talked to him, and he goes to his brother Nathaniel um, and says, I think we've found the guy. Um, I think we've found the person who is going to turn everything around, the, the Messiah that our entire nation has been waiting for for years. Um, and then um, his brother famously replies, Okay, I've heard of him, but he's from Nazareth. Can anything good really come out of Nazareth? Which is, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Um, Philip says, yeah, I know, but come and see for yourself. Um, and so this shows that evangelism also looks like inviting people into Jesus' love. So evangelism can be anything that does either of these two things, no matter what that looks like. If you are pointing others to Jesus or inviting them into Jesus' love, then I reckon you're evangelizing. And I hope John and Philip would back me up there. Um, and so the question then becomes, how has God created you or, or me to point to Jesus and invite people to Jesus? And once I started thinking along those lines, um, it actually got a lot more fun and a, like a lot more like something I'd actually want to do, you know, 
first you've got to have good news that you want to share. And now, hopefully, we can find ways that we want to share it in. Um, and so here's a um, non-exclusive list of things that I wrote in the back of a napkin um, that um, when I thought, oh, people probably want some examples. So um, evangelism for me um, can look like when someone says, what are you up to this weekend? Saying church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like acknowledging the worldview and faith view, the Christianity that um, is inherently part of my life at work and to friends. Sometimes it looks like um, writing poems, uh, recording them and posting them on the Law Student Society Facebook page. Um, sometimes it like just looks like people gathering and just like inviting people to the table, whether that's um, the literal table in your, I was going to say dinner room, dining room, dining room, yeah. um, or inviting people um, off the street to play handball, or, um, you know, at a lecture, inviting someone to sit next to you that would not have someone to sit with. Like, that is the good news too. It might not be explicit, but it's still the good news. It still invites people into the love of Jesus, I hope. Evangelism can look like bringing vibes. Um, this is a, a legitimate um, expression of evangelism, or at least I really hope it is because I quite enjoy that. Just like creating spaces of celebration, that's quite, you know, creating spaces where good news can be shared and spaces that are good news in and of themselves in a world where there are so many spaces of bad news going around Creating vibes is actually a really legitimate way to preach the gospel. Um, sometimes people ask me why um, I did a specific thing. Um, I remember one of my friends, um, I was like staying up with her late one night to help her finish an assignment. And she was like, why are you doing this? And I was just like, well, that's, I do this because... This is the love that Jesus has shown to me and wants me to show to other people. Hmm. And one more is when people are going through rough situations, sometimes I tell them I'm praying for them and I mean it. Like, mm -hmm. let's, let's reclaim thoughts and prayers because actually, <laughs> like, if all the people that said sending thoughts and prayers actually send thoughts and prayers, I think the world would be very different. <laughs> But then on that, you know, maybe go the step further. Um, and when you pray for someone, maybe God reveals something to you about their situation or an encouragement for them. And maybe just pass that on, you know? So these are all ways that look very different. Some of them um, more like me than others. Um, some of them quite dramatic. Some of them quite normal. Um, and that's okay. Some of them are, as I said, more explicit and actually involve preaching the good news with, with a mouth. Um, but some of them are more embodied. And I, I think that's good news as well. Um, last week, um, Rose talked about the embodied prophetic. And I really want to make a, um, a ploy for the embodied um, evangelistic as well. Um, I reckon if we all embodied good news, the world would be very different. There's also... Um, a real great framework 
that Scotty made up, uh, or at least he said he did. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I believe him. Um, sorry, Scotty. It's a really good framework, and Scotty definitely made it. Yeah. Um, and like, if I had a whiteboard, I'd draw a picture of a seesaw, and on one side would be the word credible, and on the other side would be the word incredible. It's important for um, our lives and our evangelism to have aspects of both the credible and the incredible. Um, the credible is something like, sorry, Jerome, you're just the first person I saw, I'm doing a Scotty. Jerome is um, a great person who shows up to work on time. We have good chats and his work's good and um, he always has a kind word to say about people. There's obviously, you know, something going on with him that um, just makes him quite a credible person. And that might also be speaking more towards the embodied evangelistic. Then there's the more kind of, on the other side of the seesaw, we have credible, now we've got incredible. The stuff that doesn't quite make sense um, in the culture we're in. And this is the stuff like, I was praying for you um, and I got an encouragement that, um, you know, you should quit your job or maybe don't leave with that one. But um, <laughs> like, employment is good, folks. Um, or, you know, offering to pray for people, um, talking about testimonies of healing. There are, um, hmm, but incredible not only in the sense of like using the spiritual gifts and prayer. Sometimes the incredible looks like committing to turn up at the free store and, um, you know, have conversations there once a week. Normal people don't do that. There's like not much in it for normal people. Um, and so there's, there's something a bit incredible about that. That is more than just, you are a nice person who does good work, but there's also like but there's also the side of you that doesn't really make sense. Like, why do you do that? Why do you go down to the free store? Uh, why do you live with a bunch of people in intentional community? Uh, why would you give up um, the Friday, the week before Labor Weekend, in order to go to a camp? Um, maybe that's less incredible. But, um, you know, for those of you working full-time, I reckon that's incredible. <laughs> and so I guess, like, thinking about... All of these things, you know, explicit good news, embodied good news, credible good news, incredible good news, um, and the ways that you yourself are wired. Um, chat to the person next to you or have a little talk with God. What do you think that might look like for you? What would be some evangelism that actually you could see yourself doing? So um, while everyone was talking, I was um, crashing with Jay and... Um, Charlotte and oh, I just love yeah Charlotte could you share your thing it was amazing yeah so um, in terms of evangelism you can do um, I, I for those of you who may or may not know Scotty Reeve has a podcast 21 Elephants and a while back he asked me to record a little episode around my testimony a number of other people for Blueprint have been asked to do this as well and um, at work one morning, we were chatting, someone was like, hey, what are you guys up to this weekend? And it goes around, and I say, oh, I'm recording on a friend's podcast. And my co-workers said, oh, can you send it round? <laughs> 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 
um, yeah, so I've got to send that round. And I love that story just because of how everyday it is. And actually, like, it would be bad for Charlotte not to send it round at this point. Like, she's promised it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, and I hope, like, the chance to have chats with the people next to you or to think about it has, like, given you some great leads about how to actually embody this stuff not just in here, but actually out there, because that's, that's where we spend a lot of time. So, what we've talked about tonight, and we have talked about it because I've seen all of your mouths moving, um, is we know evangelists preach the good news. And how do we do that? First, we need to know the good news for ourselves. Then, we need to know the times and the places that we're in so that we can translate the good news in a way that people will understand. Um, but finally, in whatever way God has wired us to, we need to point others to Jesus or invite them into Jesus' love. And I feel like if I heard it laid down like that back when I was 15, then I might have thought that I might actually have a shot at doing it. Um, and so I hope like evangelism has been like at least a little demystified tonight so that people walking out can feel like, oh, actually... That's something that doesn't sound so terrible. And here's the other bit, I guess. We don't do evangelism just because Jesus told us to, although that's a very good reason to do something. <laughs> Jesus told us to go out and preach the good news to all the nations. Um, but, I mean, at least me personally, I do it because my life has been like inexplicably changed um, through the journey that Jesus has been leading me on. Um, and again, if I could talk to my 15-year-old self and like tell him how far we've come, that would be very good news um, to that kid in the youth group. So like, I personally do this because I want everyone to have what I have. I want everyone to have a really deep relationship with Jesus because... That's just kind of my everything at this point. And, you know, if that isn't you, then, you know, that's just why I do it. Find your why. Um, but also, I want what I have for you as well. Yeah. At the end of the day, we share good news because we think we have good news worth sharing. And if you were to take anything away, then it would probably be that.